argue, but her father's next words cut her short and brought dread to her heart. I reckon she's got the fever. The young girl gasped. Typhoid? You mean the typhoid? Rumour, like the disease itself, had been spreading through Lincoln since the beginning of December, and now, in early February, word was that an epidemic was rife in the city. But how? the girl asked, anxious yet puzzled. Like they told us to in the Chronicle we boil all our water, and I scrub the privy every day. She wrinkled her nose in disgust. The standpipe and the lavatory in the backyard were shared by three families, and each household was supposed to take its share in the cleaning. But Sarah Longdon, Polly's mother, didn't trust the slovenly standards of her neighbours, and cleaned the wooden seat of the privy every day. Since she'd given birth to the latest addition to the family just before Christmas, a baby girl they'd named Miriam, the unenviable task had fallen upon Polly's thirteen-year-old shoulders. "'I know you do, love,' her father's tone softened a little, yet the dreadful fear never left his eyes. "'And,' he was pleading now, "'you'll have to stay off work a bit longer.' "'Stay off!' Polly's eyes blazed. I'm sorry, Paul, but I'll get the sack, she reminded him grimly. Mr. Spice has warned me once already when Mam had Miriam and I stayed off to look after her. I know, I know, William said distractedly. But what else can I do, love? Your Mam's sick and getting worse by the day. And now, he broke off and glanced away from Polly's glare. What? She's got the rash. Cold fear ran through the girl's slim body. Rash, she whispered hoarsely. Is it... is it pink? The symptoms of typhoid were now the main topic of conversation in every street throughout the beleaguered city. They all recognised the first signs. Headaches, stomach pains and a dry cough. As the days progressed... A pinkish rash appeared, then vomiting and severe diarrhoea confirmed their worst fears. Aye, William nodded hopelessly. So that's why I say, lass, you'll have to fetch the doctor. Best go to Mrs Halliday's. She'll know what we've to do. Polly couldn't remember them ever seeking the services of a doctor, and so neither she nor her father knew where the nearest one lived, but Mrs. Halliday would know. Yes, Dad, Polly said meekly now, and reached for her coat from the peg behind the door. I'll be as quick as I can. As she ran down the street, her heart was thumping with fear for her mother, for all the family. Yet part of her railed against the unfairness of it all. She'd left school the previous summer to work in the glue factory. She'd wanted to stay on and become a teacher one day, like Miss Broughton. But her father had insisted she leave and find work. They needed the money, he'd said. And though her mother's troubled eyes had sent her a silent apology, Sarah had made no attempt to side with her daughter. Only Polly, green eyes flashing with indignation, her wild auburn hair flying free, had faced her father. "'I want to stay on! You said I could!' I want to be a teacher. I want... Enough, her father had boomed. It's not about what you want. 
It's about what this family needs. William Longdon, tall, thin and slightly stooping, and with the red hair colouring that Polly had inherited, was normally a reasonable man, but he was quick-tempered, and when roused to anger, he was fearsome. He raised his arm, and for a brief moment Polly thought he was going to strike her. He'd never hit any of his children, not like the other fathers in the street, who took their belts to their kids at the slightest excuse. He'd never even leathered their Eddie, who at eleven was fast becoming a tearaway. At least, not yet. But as Polly had faced him, her determined little chin jutting out obstinately, her tangle of red hair framing a mutinous face, her small feet planted firmly on the floor and her arms folded across her chest. She'd trembled inwardly. For the first time in her young life, she knew she'd driven her father too far with her answering back.